everyone, and welcome to That Wellness Podcast with Natalie Deering. I'm sitting here today with Jenny Griffith. Jenny is an Ayurvedic practitioner, chef, and herbalist, specializing in addiction recovery and women's health. She has become a beacon of knowledge and healing, guiding others on their own paths to wellness. Through Ayurvedic cooking classes, retreats, workshops, and trainings, She imparts the profound teachings of Ayurveda to individuals from diverse corners of the world. Currently, Jenny lends her expertise to Villa Kali Ma, an addiction recovery center for women in Carlsbad, California, where she spearheads transformative work in women's health, nutrition, and addiction recovery through Ayurvedic lifestyle practices. Jenny's dedication goes even further with her work at Stepping Stones an adult behavioral center for individuals with schizophrenia and intellectual disabilities, showcasing her compassionate approach to healing. Jenny's personal journey of recovery over the past four years has only deepened her understanding and empathy. She has harnessed the power of cycle syncing, Ayurveda, psychedelic therapy, and internal family systems therapy to facilitate her healing journey. Through her own experiences, She has found a profound resonance with the idea that food can be medicine and that a harmonious connection with nature can lead to transformation. Welcome, Jenny, to the podcast. Hello. I'm so, so happy to be here. I'm so excited that you're here. I know we've been trying to schedule this conversation on and off for a couple months now. So I'm Mm -hmm. grateful that we're sitting here with each other over Zoom. And that we can get into all of your juicy knowledge that you have about the womb and cycle syncing and so many other things that you know about. So do you care that I share with the listeners how we know each other? Sure. (laughs) So you're my sister. (laughs) And like you were, we were talking about this before we hit record and I was like, I'm going to share with them how we know each other. And you were like, well, that could be a while (laughs) or something like that. We could go deep with it. But the short version is that you are my sister and we became siblings through our parents getting married, my dad and your mom. I think I was seven and you were five. Is that right? Five. Five. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. And ever since. I know. So long ago. But yeah. So then you came into my life. I came into yours and here we are. And now you're living in. San Diego, California. And you've been living there now for how long? It's been like nine years or something like that. Is it really? Yeah, it's crazy. I almost felt like it's been longer than that, though. Like you just now saying nine, I was expecting you to say like 12. No, I moved to San Diego when I was 26 and I'll be 36 uh, in October. So yeah, that's 10, nine, 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. That's crazy. That's crazy. Definitely. And currently what's going on today, I don't know when we're going to post this episode, but weather stuff was kind of crazy for you all in Southern California today with some earthquakes and Hurricane Hillary. And but luckily you're all good. Everything's good to go. And we're all good. Here. Yeah. We're all good. That is good to hear. And yeah, I'm really excited to to kind of pick your brain and to have the listeners hear about what you have to share about what you're calling, you know, womb wisdom. And we're going to get into cycle syncing and how it's benefited your life, how it can benefit the listener's life. Anyone who I would say has a womb, uh, even would you say for people who maybe don't have a womb, but know people who have wombs, this could be a beneficial thing for them to hear. Absolutely. 100%. Male identifying bodies and perimenopausal, menopausal, all the like can benefit from this conversation. And we were talking before we hit record about kind of how you're going to be, what terms and, uh, you know, ways in which we're going to be talking about people who can relate to this information. And do you want to care or share anything about that before we begin? Yeah, uh, I'm going to be using the words women uh, throughout this and um, also womb identifying bodies. 
and yeah, just to honor and respect all forms. Um, but that's the lingo that we'll be using today. Perfect. Thank you for sharing that. And so are you ready to jump on in? Totally. Okay, yeah. cool. So let's start off with what is womb wisdom? <laughs> uh, womb wisdom is a, is a phrase that I came up with uh, that really encompasses the relationship that one has with their womb or their uterus uh, and really honoring and respecting this magical part of the body that brings us so much, uh, brings us hormonal fluctuations. It brings us intuition. It brings us sadness. It brings us the ability to procreate. It brings us many challenges for a lot of people. And when we get the opportunity to connect with our womb and understand her a little bit better by her uh, hormonal fluctuations, uh, through the challenges, through maybe giving birth, through maybe, you know, being infertile, um, all these different challenges and opportunities that we can receive from this part of our body, we receive wisdom and guidance in our life. So mm. super important in my eyes to add to your healing. And for me, it personally changed my life when I started cycle syncing, which is what we'll be talking about today. Um, and when I started honoring and respecting my womb, when she bleeds, when I have, this sounds weird, when there's candida present, when there's um, cramps um, mm -hmm. and how to live in unison with those challenges and things. Yeah. Uh, to feel better and to really show up in a connected and harmonious way in your life in all facets. So mm -hmm. it goes really deep. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm, I have to say, like, I'm really impressed <laughs> that you came up with the term womb wisdom. <laughs> like it's such a beautiful, it's a beautiful term. And I feel like it's like you were just describing, I'm going to say our, cause you know, we both have wombs. So, you know, like our wombs are the amount of wisdom that's there and just how our wombs just impact us is so big. And like, we're not taught this in school. I mean, I remember we went to the same high school <laughs> and I remember health class and I remember, well, I even remember this in elementary school. We were at Johnson and I remember, I forget who it was. It was one, of, I think it was sixth grade maybe it was fifth grade, but they had like, um, did your classroom have this? It was like, they had a, a male and a female, uh, like, what do you call those? Not even a poster. It was like an actual like 3d model. And uh, it was like of the torso, but it was like from half thigh up to the neck. So <laughs> it was like showing, you know, like the reproductive area and uh, even like the intestines and the heart. It was actually pretty cool. I remember just kind of staring at it. Like when I was like a fifth grader, like being curious, but I don't remember how exactly they talked about it. I just remember it was there. But as far as I can recall, I don't remember the information that was shared in the classroom about any of that stuff specifically regarding like our uterus <laughs> and our reproductive and, and things like that. And even like in high school health class, I remember like we watched a video of a woman giving birth. And I remember talking a little bit about like periods and menstruation, but not at all what you share in regards to getting into like, we're going to be talking about the cycle sinking and bringing awareness to how it's really going to be impacting us, those of us who have a uterus. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have any memories of learning about this stuff in elementary or high school? I mean, I remember taking sex ed class with Mr. Baker and everyone just laughing the whole entire time. It was a big joke and ridiculous. Yeah. And I remember you know, starting my period and my mom gave me some Advil and a tampon showed me how to put a tampon in, but that was it. Mm -hmm. Um, And unfortunately that's, 
some people don't even get that. They don't even get that instruction. Um, it's a kind of like, go figure it out, suck it up sort of situation. Yeah. Um, and the thing with the education is that for a lot of people, it's, it's what you shared is like, I don't even really remember. Um, and so it's, to me, it's, it's about, okay, so today what we're going to learn on this podcast uh, would be wonderful. It could be infused into children at a young age and seeing their parents act and live in this way mm-hmm. and, and taking it up at, at a young age and then infusing it uh, slowly throughout their life. And, you know, maybe even at a little bit older of an age, like when someone's 18 or in college learning about this, um, when they have to go out of the house and be on their own, mm-hmm. um, just a different way to think about uh, their cycle. So yeah, there's a lack of earth-based education when it comes to our connection with the womb. It's all about science and here's the Advil and this connection down here has nothing to do with up here, mm-hmm. you know, just a thing that happens and um, yeah, so or or it's gonna make you really irritable and you're gonna have PMS and let's stigmatize PMS, right? And oh, yeah. she's PMSing. Oh, she's you know, being quote unquote bitchy. Oh, she must be about to start her period, right? Like those are all things that like I feel like we've heard in our society and like in our culture. And I agree with you. I feel like if there could be more of a deeper sharing from a younger age, then we would have other, like so many different types of memories regarding starting our period and what that was like for us. And, you know, there's like the embarrassment or the shaming and, and all of that. Oh, okay. You got to hide your tampon or hide your pads and, you know, don't talk about it. And, Uh, no one wants to hear you talk about it, you know, type thing. And that's very stigmatizing and wounding to Mm -hmm. the system of people who have a uterus. (laughs) So I'm, I'm, that's where I'm really excited to like get into this more with you and to have the listeners hear us talk about it because it's very important. Super, super important. (laughs) Yeah. So let me ask you this. How did you get to this point though of becoming really interested in this topic? Yeah. So I have my own, um, I, you know, I, I work in, in treatment. And so whenever I talk to the women, it's a substance abuse addiction recovery center. And I ask them, what does your womb mean to you? Or what does your cycle mean to you? And I get a really, a lot of really sad remarks to that question is, oh, it's annoying. Oh, it's just a thing that happens. Oh, I hate it. Like mm-hmm. it's the worst time of the month or a lot of just like, I don't know. It's just is what it is. And so I used to be like that. <laughs> I used to just hate it, be annoyed when it came, when my cycle came. Um, I used to have a, I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome and that was the start of my womb journey. I also had a copper IUD. Um, which caused a lot of problems for me. And um, I also had an abortion. So all these I acquire to my womb history (laughs) and my journey that I've had with my womb and dealing with each one of those, I had to open up into a space of empathy and love for myself to move through those challenges. Mm -hmm. Um, And so starting with polycystic ovarian syndrome, which high rates of people are, are diagnosed with this, um, which it is stemmed now to a lot of research of processed foods and sugar in our diet mm. child. Um, but learning to heal my polycystic ovarian syndrome through acupuncture and Ayurveda and changing my diet. Um, and I successfully healed myself from polycystic ovarian syndrome. I used to have strands, they called them strands of pearls all over my my um, ovaries Mm -hmm. and through changing my lifestyle through holistic practices. Yeah. I succeeded that um, as well as with the um, IUD. I've done a lot of research on IUDs and 
that's a whole conversation, <laughs> but you know, really the IUD wreaking havoc on my cycle, like lots of blood and mm. periods lasting 10 days. And I actually got that, um, inserted when I had an abortion at the same time, which was very shocking for me. And I was very scared and it was kind of like Planned Parenthood was like, you need, you need coverage, you know, like Planned Parenthood's very like, they want to get everybody, mm-hmm. um, safe. So they'll do whatever they can to, whether it's birth control, IUD, yeah. just make you not be pregnant anymore. And so it was kind of like, Hey, you'll be dilated. Want to get this IUD? And so I did that in a very traumatized moment Mm. and went through a lot of problems for two years with that. And thankfully the IUD didn't uh, puncture anything in my body, but that's a big problem that's happening. And, and so, yeah, all these problems brought me to this new way of, of honoring and respecting myself. And this kind of stems into psychedelic uses. I've been in psychedelic journeys where I've gotten these realizations of how my womb is my, like my second brain. Mm. Talk about gut being your second brain. I think your gut's actually your first brain and your womb's your second brain and how much of like a wonderful, like this sounds silly, but a goddess that I am with this womb wisdom that I have. And so, um, I started researching ways to live in unison with my womb more, more. And I found this book called, um, I actually have it. It's called the woman code. Um, there's also a book that she wrote. I have it right here. It's called in the flow. Her name's Elisa Vitti. And she is a doctor and she did all this research about how, women who live in unison with their hormones start to reduce all these problems, PMS, brain fog, polycystic ovarian syndrome, PMDD, which is, uh, you know, premenstrual depression. Mm-hmm. And so she started uh, sharing in, in her content about how this cycle syncing method can completely remove or reduce these problems that a lot of people are having immensely. That's amazing. Yeah. I highly recommend those two books, by the way, for anyone. I'll put those in the show notes. Yeah. Cause she really gets into the science of everything. Um, and so I started to, after all those things happened, um, I started to live in this way and I've never felt so connected to myself. Um, talk about learning Ayurveda and really tapping into an interconnected way of living and then learning cycle syncing. It was like, Whoa, these are two really incredible modalities. And now I can live through my month with adapting my lifestyle, my diet, my exercise, and what I say yes and no to, Mm. um, and that's what cycle syncing is. Yeah. yeah. So, well, first off, thank you so much for sharing all of that. I'm really just grateful that you're in a space where like you feel connected with your, like you said, your womb, your womb's journey and what mm-hmm. it has been through and the power of sharing, right. In order to help bring, other people's maybe systems to feel not alone because of all the things you just mentioned, you're not the only one on the planet to have ever experienced those things. I mean, there are so many other people on in this, in this world that have gone through those things. And so I'm just really grateful right now that you shared all of that in terms of your journey, because right now someone's listening out there and they're really resonating. So thank you. Yeah, I love you. Of course. <laughs> I think it's amazing when we have anecdotal or like personal experience and evidence showing, hey, I've been doing this. I've been, you know, building a connection with my cycle, my womb. I've been engaging in Ayurvedic practices. And look, like I have healed, brought healing, like invited healing to my body and my spirit. And it's one thing to like, just hear about it. Oh, so-and-so from so-and-so or whatever, you know, but you're sitting here as a testament to it of the power of this 
this connection to our body and to the food and things that we're ingesting and putting into our body and how that all has an impact on how we feel. 100%. Do you want to get into what is cycle syncing? Yeah. Um, I did want to say, I think it's important for this specific audience, since you, this is like an IFS podcast um, and Natalie and I have talked prior, you know, you've had uh, clients who maybe are, you can tell, or they've shared with you that they've had, have having um, hormonal issues or reproductive health challenges and how beneficial that this information can be for therapists um, or for anyone in the healing modality, um, because hormone, the endocrine system is huge. It should not be overlooked at all. If someone's having issues, like 100% it's affecting their endocrine system (laughs) or their endocrine system is um, unbalanced or uh, not in, not in the right space. So it's creating X, Y, Z problems. And so I find that this philosophy or science of cycle syncing, uh, like I said, is beneficial for everyone. Therapists, if any of you are listening who are perimenopausal or menopausal, this is still um, useful for you um, because you can learn about your, you can think about your history and your past and you can really find an appreciation and respect for the way that you lived and understood your cycle. Also, if anyone's listening who has um, infertility issues or is on a hormonal or non-hormonal birth control, you can still live this way by following the moon cycles. So because you're on uh, birth control, you won't be able to live exactly the cycle syncing way because birth control can adapt your actual real hormonal cycle, unfortunately. Um, But if it's a non-negotiable for you, and I totally honor and respect that, you can live this way of living according to the phases of the moon in the sky. So, um, like I said, cycle syncing is linking the way your hormones fluctuate with the way that you live your lifestyle, your exercise routine, your diet that includes food and herbs and potentially supplements. And lastly, um, what you choose to do socially, uh, and what you say yes and no to. And so we're living in those ways according to the phases of the menstrual cycle. There's four phases. This might be a little bit of, I mean, if you do remember learning about this mm-hmm. as a young person, you might get a little, oh yeah. <laughs> um, but there's four phases. We start with the bleed or the menstrual cycle. We then move into the follicular cycle. And then we move into the ovulation cycle. And then we move into the luteal. Excuse me. Yeah. Those are phases, not cycles. The whole process is a cycle. Yes. Those are the phases. Yeah. So menstrual, follicular, ovulation, and luteal. Yes. Those are the phases. Those are the phases. Yeah. And so uh, when we start with the menstruation, uh, each, each there's two weeks that are yin weeks. So yin is a very restorative, like calm period. And then we have two young weeks. And yang is uh, more active, uh, heating. That's like the Chinese medicine yin yang symbol. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's always two yin and two yang. And so when we start bleeding, we are in a yin week. Um, there's also a season connected to each phase, which I think is so beautiful. Yeah. Um, so the season for menstruation is your winter time. <laughs> mm. So it's your inner winter time. And this is a phase where you are chilling out if possible. Yeah. (laughs) So we're, our hormones are, have dropped and we are bleeding if we didn't impregnate ourselves and we are working in unison with this, with these hormones and doing more exercises that are calming on our body because our body's doing a lot right now. It's shedding a lot of blood. 
or potentially little blood. And we need a lot of energy to do this cleanse because this is really actually a cleanse. And you should think of it that way. Yeah. Bleeding that you're actually, it's actually a reset for yourself. Mm. Um, Something to think about. And this is a big shift for a lot of people is when it used to be something so terrible and in the way. In fact, I'm actually going to be bleeding while I'm at Burning Man this year. And for the moment where I was really um, kind of upset about that. Mm. And then I actually thought about it before this call. And I was like, actually, that's really beautiful that I'm going to and I'm going to be like uh, doing a complete cleanse while I'm there having this transformative experience. And so this is a big shift that I feel is really powerful for a lot of people is that um, when they can start to think of the menstruation as a cleanse and not as this thing that's screwing up their schedule and making them feel terrible is because you, the fact that you have, you can procreate when you're in your fertile years is very wonderful. Even though you might not be planning on having a child, you in Ayurveda, we call this, this thing called this. It's like this vitality that you call Ojas, O-J-A-S. You can procreate and you have a cycle. Your skin is more dewy. You have a glow to you. You have the juices and like the oiliness to your body to potentially procreate. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. once you get into perimenopause and menopause, most people lose a lot of that, that dewiness in the skin and the body starts to emaciate slightly and you become more dry. This is just yeah. something that can sometimes come along with perimenopause and menopause. So this is just a way of honoring and respecting the fact that you still bleed. Mm, I love that. And you I love bleed. what you're saying about like, with the menstrual phase, looking at it as like a reset, a cleanse, that it's not this. And again, I think this goes back to kind of in our culture, how, you know, we've been told, oh, being on your period, yeah, such a pain. And, you know, it's, it's usually met with like, oh, not again, you know, type thing. And again, you're trying to like hide it. Parts of you are always trying to like hide it because you don't want to feel embarrassed if someone knows that you're bleeding, right? Even though over half the people on this planet go through something, (laughs) you know, like this. So I love what you're saying of kind of this. And again, kind of looking at it from an IFS perspective, I feel like at least for me, what I'm noticing as you're sharing this is like, I'm having like memories from like the past that are connected to, you know, my cycle and having a period and bringing awareness to, again, like the parts of me that maybe are carrying woundedness, you know, from being shamed or even just that cultural legacy burden, like that cultural shame that's there, maybe not necessarily like from your direct parents, you know, or from your direct family, but it's there in the culture surrounding menstruation. And that's where I would encourage listeners to maybe take some time with curiosity with your journals or your therapist and maybe explore yeah what parts of you come up as you're bringing awareness to your womb you know and your your cycles and your phases and all of this and because yeah i i can just totally i would bet probably 100% of everyone listening who has ever menstruated they probably have a part within them that carries shame or some sort of burden, belief, or emotion connected to that menstruation. And yeah, so I think encouraging people to look at it as a cleanse, a reset, to fully understand like the beauty of which the body is just naturally doing this is amazing. And it helps shift from a place of shame and anger and frustration to a place of compassion and gratitude and love. Oh, yeah. That's a huge shift for people. When I teach this at the treatment centers and they hear this part, they're like, they're literally minds are blown. Mm. They're just like, Oh my God, I'm supposed to like pay attention to this and honor this and like allow this to be a beautiful part of me. It's like 
so it's a beautiful just realization to witness. Yeah, it really is. And what's interesting in treatment is that it just so happens that a lot of people with substance abuse problems have no connection to their womb. And so that's a lot of my mission uh, right now is to just open people's eyes to this. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is you're saying the different parts of you. Well, there's actually a different part <laughs> our archetype associated with each phase, which is oh, very cool. And so the archetype with the menstrual cycle is the wise woman or the crone. Oh, I love that. And the reason is because your intuition is actually higher when you're bleeding. Mm. So any realizations or downloads that you receive when you're bleeding, um, I would say like, take those to heart and write them down and really uh, believe in those. Wow. That's so cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. There's an archetype associated with each phase. So, so exercise, we're resting, we're walking, we're doing restorative yin yoga, qigong. Um, we're really uh, honoring that progesterone and estrogen have dropped. And so we don't want to I always do this, like you guys can't see me on the podcast, but it's like, we don't want to resist. We don't want to go against the hormonal flow. Mm-hmm. And if we do a CrossFit workout day one of our bleed, we're going against the progesterone and estrogen drop. Mm. You're going to just create a worse period for yourself by, you know, going against those hormone drops. And so it's so important to resist that. I have, you know, a lot of women will just pop two Advils and put a tampon in and get on the treadmill and like truck out five miles on the first day of their bleed. And it's like, this is the kind of stuff that we need to reframe. These are the kind of cycle sinking wool. It's like, okay, how about maybe we take, you know, we drink some cramp bark tea. (laughs) I get all into the herbs, turmeric, cramp bark, um, chasta berry, you know, we, we drink some tea, we see how we do. And maybe if we can, we take some blocks out of our calendar these next few days and we rest. And if some of you have little ones and children, I know it's hard for mamas to like, just completely like get on the couch and do nothing. Um, I'm not saying that you have to do that, but we're, we're not overextending ourselves. That's what Mm -hmm. we're aiming for. We're not pushing the limits this week. Yeah. And that's, that that's so empowering to hear because again i feel like parts of someone could be like oh no no matter what even though i've got my period and i'm feeling tired or sluggish or whatnot like i feel my energy is lower i've got to push 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 you know and so i think hearing that i know for me it's like giving my system permission permission right just with that greater understanding of what my body is needing at that time which is more rest, slowing yeah. down. Yeah, we live in a masculine society where it's everything's linear. It's like go, 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 produce um, status quo, get to the next best version of you or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's not true for feminine hormone flow. We're just not like that. <laughs> yeah. Our hormones go up and down like a roller coaster. You actually can't operate like that. You will not succeed. You will push yourself into adrenal fatigue. You will give yourself problems like polycystic ovarian syndrome and terrible periods. And so we just don't operate like that. In yeah. in Ayurveda, they say like women should take, you know, three days off and, and get <laughs> Abhyanga and oil massage and, you know, oh, rest, yeah. have their family on board and feed mm. them healthy, nutritious foods and um, our society wonderful. doesn't really act like that. Right. right. We, if, if your boss, you called your boss and said, I'm going to take the day off because I started my period. Mm, I don't know how well that would be go over, but you know, yeah. Hopefully. Or at least not having an understanding of why, yeah. or the person might have again, like what our culture has deemed as like, Oh, I guess they're cramping really bad or, you know, they're super irritable or something like that, but not fully having the understanding of the importance of inviting that rest, inviting that slowing down. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you for sharing that. And so what about the follicular phase? So um, 
so the follicular, and I just want to say one thing about menstrual is that, um, it's in, I'm going to just going to give a couple new nutritive t- tips real quick. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, super important to get in your iron. Um, so depending on if you're a vegan or vegetarian or meat eater, um, this could mean you're getting in a lot of dark leafy greens, uh, or red meat or organ meats bone broth, beets, and beets are really wonderful because they help replenish blood. So it is important Mm -hmm. to up your iron intake. That's, that's it. And I would say to say no this week, if you can, don't plan your week out to a T just say no, get domestic. If you can in your house and make yourself a crock pot and like nourish yourself as you bleed. That's it for menstrual. Beautiful. Thank you. So follicular is a young week. This is your inner spring. And this is when your uh, follicular stimulating hormone, which is FSH, is going to trigger and your estrogen and your testosterone are rising. So remember, your hormones just dropped and now they're cr- they're cranking back up the roller coaster hill. Um, so this means that we get more energy which a lot of women really enjoy. I don't know if you feel that energy spike after your bleed. It's like a full, you know, that you had that full reset. Mm-hmm. Now you're like, you got some energy back. And the archetype is the maiden. Mm. So the maiden is, is like young and free and childlike, clear and energized, creative. You have a fresh energy to you. <laughs> Yeah. I love that. It makes sense. Kind of like spring, right? It's like fresh and things are blooming and everyone in springtime, I feel like has this sense. I know I do like this just energizing quality of like, Oh, yay. Like here we are. (laughs) So it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It might feel like you just turned a fresh leaf uh, right when you go into follicular state phase. And because this is a young week, that means we get to exercise like young. <laughs> so the hit workouts, the running, you know, cycling, you can go lift some weights, run your triathlon if you're into that. Um, and so it's, it's good to move your body um, intensely if you like this week, because your hormones are supporting that. Yeah. And then our nutrition is, uh, it's important here that we get in some zinc and some vitamin B and C, and this helps to strengthen the release of the egg and chances of implantation in ovulation phase. So if you are, um, trying to get pregnant, those would be some good foods to help out with your fertility. Um, and it's also great to get in some healthy fats like salmon, coconut, flax, pumpkin seeds. One thing that's really interesting that I, that was very life-changing for me is fasting. The masculine males, they can fast 365 days a year. Women with wombs, they should not be fasting 655, mm-hmm. six, 365 days a year because our hormones don't work like that. Yeah. We bleed, we need about 300 to 400 more calories a day. When we're bleeding, you said you're bleeding. we need more calories. Yeah. Yes. When you're in follicular, you might notice that your hunger, your appetite goes down. And that's because you actually don't need that many calories. So you can reduce your caloric intake by 300 to 400 calories. And so if you wanted to intermediate fast or do a cleanse or a juice cleanse, I would say do it in the follicular stage. Don't do a water fast when you're bleeding. Yeah. Don't deprive yourself from food, you know, in that week, because it's just going to cause you more problems throughout the month because you're again, resisting the hormonal flow. Yeah. That makes so much sense. And I could imagine if someone's not aware of what phase they're in and they're inviting these different, maybe fasting or a cleanse or something like that. And then they're feeling like if they're trying to invite that during like the menstrual, you know, phase, and they're just kind of like, like you were saying, kind of like butting up against a wall, then again, that could activate parts within someone that get like critical or shaming or all of that stuff. But having this understanding of like, oh, if I'm going to invite something like a cleanse or a fast, then I should probably do that within the follicular phase and knowing why. Yeah. And I come from 
um, I had ED, I had bulimia, anorexia and orthorexia and learning cycle syncing gave me a brand new empathy to myself in the way I eat. I don't get mad at myself when I'm premenstrual and I get into the refrigerator six times. Right. It's because I need it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe I need it. So this also gives you a, just a more compassionate way towards your hunger levels throughout the month. And when you are educated to connect your hunger levels with your phase, it's just like, I get into the refrigerator six times and I'm like, yeah, I need some more. Yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> no, I agree. Really I agree. Yeah. It's really beautiful to understand this. So you can just love your body so much more for your ups and downs. Oh yeah, for sure. And I can totally relate to what the example you just gave. And I really appreciate just the, yeah, the awareness that I've had even before this conversation, like from you and doing other research and, and other things and my, with my cycle. And cause yeah, that was something that in the past, I, a part of me probably would have shamed if I was like just ravenous. Right. And just like eating all the things as part of me would be like, what are you doing? You know, I can't believe you're doing that. And why can't you control yourself or something like that? But now I can bring awareness to that. Like I even remember, I think it was just last month. I was like, oh, I was so hungry. I mean, and I just was like, I remember I told Bill, I was like, I am so hungry. And then I realized, oh, wait a minute. Oh yeah. I'm. <laughs> and I remembered where I was. Yeah. Like, yep. Okay. That makes sense. And then it was like, like you're saying this relaxation, the softening from that yeah. confusion or shaming and just kind of this like, moving with it and just kind of being like, yeah, this is all right. This is what my body needs right now. It's so wonderful to get to that state. Yeah, for sure. Let's see. Uh, herbs wise, uh, there's an herb called uh, Tulsi, which is an Ayurvedic uh, herb called holy basil. It's also called holy basil. You might be familiar with it and it's an adaptogen and it really aids in cognitive functioning, clarity and reducing brain fog just so happens that when you're in follicular, your cognitive functioning is higher, which is super cool because your, your hormones are rising. So this is a time to start new projects or go on that interview, go on the dating app, you know, go to networking events, go out with friends, try new things. So really, t- I want you to think of yourself as like that blooming, like you said, the blooming flower, um, mm-hmm. where you really have the capacity to just be a little more out there than you normally do, and to really embrace that. This is a good week week to do that. This phase lasts for can last from seven to ten days. Okay. So uh, harness that energy that you're receiving and do the things that you want to do. Yeah. Great. But also be realistic. Don't overdo it. <laughs> right. Yeah. A reading, yeah. bringing awareness to yeah your energy levels and mm-hmm. all of that. Yeah. It's exciting. Whenever I'm in follicular, I'm just like, yeah, I, I just feel like a, it's a nice energy. Yeah. That's beautiful. And so then can we move into ovulation? Yep. Yep. Next ovulation. Um, this is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Um, not only, of course, this is the phase where, um, you, if you wanted to get pregnant, this is where you would want to, um, try to conceive. Um, this is a young week. So this is a active week. This is your inner summertime. Now, unfortunately it only lasts for about three to four days for some people who aren't trying to get pregnant. That would, that's probably a good thing for me. I just personally like the way that I feel the most (laughs) during ovulation. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a time when the egg is released into the fallopian tubes and then our estrogen and progesterone are actually going to peak at the top of the mountain and then they're going to drop. So it all happens within this three to four day phase. Um, So some people can say they feel their ovulation and there's like a little shooting pain that happens there. Some people Mm -hmm. don't feel that. And then we haven't really talked about cervical fluid, but if you are um, listening, if you're on the call and you want to maybe get off birth control, monitoring, monitoring your cervical fluid is a way that you can know what phase you're in. It can also help you with fertility stuff as well. Um, but for, for instance, in this stage, 
the cervical fluid is wet, slippery, and stretchy. So it's, it's, it's important to pay attention to your cervical fluid because it can help you learn what cycle you're in. Yeah. I also recommend using an app to get started um, and taking your basal body temperature can also mm-hmm. tell you what phase you're in and logging that. But I'm to the point now where I just monitor my cervical fluid and I know exactly where I'm at. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, taking, I did, uh, I've done natural cycles app on and off for the, the past almost eight years or so. And that was so, I mean, so educational. It was way more educational than any health class (laughs) I ever took. Just being able to, yeah, take my temperature every day and then to receive that feedback daily was so cool because it was able to tell you, oh, you're today's your first day of your follicular phase, or now you're moving into your ovulation, you know, and it was just, and then, so yeah, I agree with you. If you're curious about this, you know, sign up for one of those apps and that will be a, yeah, an excellent way to learn. And start, you know, monitoring your energy levels in the way, like, see if you feel like these archetypes that can also give you uh, a hint. Um, And there's also a method called the FAM method, which is the fertility awareness method, which is exactly that measuring your basal body temperature and your cervical fluid. Um, And this is used as a form of like natural birth control. But the only downside is that, you know, you got to use protection when you're ovulating and potentially not, you know, be sexually active when you're ovulating. Right. If you wanted to use that for me personally, I like to be sexually active when I'm ovulating because it's, it feels like a different experience with the, the way that the cervical fluid is. So with the archetype of this one, this is the mother, the nurturer and the superwoman, which I love Mm. that one. So you said the mother, the nurturer, nurturer, superwoman, superwoman. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's because you might feel like a superwoman during this time, short three to four days, you might feel, uh, more confident, more embodied, more feminine. Uh, and and I like to really harness this energy because I think it's really powerful. So exercises because this is a young week where we can still be just as active as in follicular. So hit workouts, cardio, anything high energy, you can, you can do that. I like to go to the gym and like do like an hour long workout or something, something like, yeah, I don't do those all the, all month long, but it's kind of fun to, to harness the workouts, yeah. and sync workouts with your cycle. Um, nutrition. Now the liver plays a huge part in the endocrine system. And so it's important for us to aid in liver detoxification when we're ovulating. And so eating foods that will aid in your liver detoxion, detoxification will help when estrogen is high. Cause remember estrogen gets high during this stage. So anti-inflammatory foods are very important. Um, foods like garlic and I always say this word wrong, coniferous, cruciferous, <laughs> cruciferous, <laughs> broccoli, cauliflower, <laughs> veggies, <laughs> berries, mm. and glutathione is really important. Glutathione is a master antioxidant. Oysters, <laughs> <laughs> oysters are an aphrodisiac and really good for the body. And then you can do the fasting this week if you okay. want to do the intermediate or do a cleanse. And then um, I would say maca is a really great herb. Some of you have probably heard of that Peruvian root. Um, And this can help with anything in the women's reproductive area, libido, stamina, um, overall hormone balancing. And lastly, uh, when you're ovulating, this is a time to nurture your relationships, whether it's with your spouse, your partner, your friends, your mom. Uh, whoever it is and connect with your community and share your beliefs. This is a time. Remember that you're going to have more confidence. So Mm -hmm. if you feel strongly about something, maybe it's a time to not be afraid and just get out there and share it. Like say that you want to say you're also more magnetic science, like your chemistry is more magnetic. Like the actual, the other sex can actually uh, find you more attractive and be chemically more attractive, like magnetic towards you. Mm-hmm. You might feel more sexy 
Um, so I would say I live in yoga clothes most of the time, but maybe this period, uh, you want to put on your cute heels in your cute little skirt and you want to go out and like, look good. <laughs> like, so enjoy that. Um, if that's, if that's what you want to do, go out and just feel your feminine self. And obviously if you're trying to conceive, you would want to do that right now. Um, and I like to say, strut your stuff, I like show, it. Show, strut up for your yourself, stuff. show up for people and just like, yeah, like shine, shine yourself yeah. out. Yeah. And whatever ways that, yeah, you feel comfortable with exactly. strutting your stuff. I like Yeah. That. It doesn't have to be the, the heels and the skirt. It can be like whatever you want, whatever way you want to shine, you might feel, you might feel okay to do that during this time. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as, as a, yeah, I can attest. I mean, when I realize that I'm in ovulation, I can definitely feel a shift. Like it feels there's definitely this sense of empowerment mm-hmm. and like heightened energy. And yeah, I can totally definitely, definitely resonate. And so then is this okay to transition to the last one? Yep. Luteal. Yeah. Luteals are yin phase. That's our uh, inner fall time. Um, now this phase is the longest, <laughs> which is funny to me. Uh, can be 10 to 14 days long. So if you feel like you're premenstrual for a way before your period, that's not wrong. Mm. <laughs> um, so if you feel like, why am I being so crazy? Like 10 days before my bleed, it's because, yeah, that's luteal and it lasts a long time. And remember, our hormones are going to change directions now. Okay. So <laughs> progesterone and estrogen uh, are going to drop if the egg isn't fertilized. So if you did not conceive, they're going to continue going down, um, which is going to trigger your period in the next phase. Uh, Cervical fluid is tacky and dry. (laughs) Is that something to notice? Um, The archetype is the wild woman. Mm. You may be easily triggered, extra sensitive. You're going to be much more aware of details So if you come up to the sink normally and the rags normally on the right and today it's on the left side of the sink, that might piss you off a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) You have zero tolerance for things that are not in alignment, which Mm. is very interesting. And your inner critic is going to be high. So Mm. you might be a little more judgmental and potentially could feel like, a crazy lady and a little spastic. <laughs> and this is what they call uh, all of this is what they call PMS or PMDD. Yeah. Uh, PMDD. I see a lot of that at the treatment center. Um, and unfortunately a lot of doctors will prescribe these women antidepressants right off the bat. Mm. Uh, but PMDD can be really severe, like lying on the floor in agony, right. People cramps, suicidal ideation, people break up with their boyfriends the same time every month. Um, It can be like their period just literally consumes them and is completely debilitating. Yeah. Um, And it's interesting that, you know, this is, would you say this is the longest phase out of the four? It's the longest, which is really important to, to acknowledge. Yeah. To bring awareness to that, right. That it's not just the day before you menstruate that you're going to get irritable, that it could potentially be two weeks long that uh, this energy could be within you that can lead, uh, you know, someone to feeling yeah, more irritable. And this one I can, I also can bring awareness to now with compassion where in the past I did not and it would lead again to like shaming and that inner critic and all of that. Yep. And now, you know, cause I'll notice it more. So <laughs> the way I talk to my husband, like the way I talk to bill, cause oh, he's yeah. right. He's right there. Right. So like we live with each other and your example with like the, the sink thing and like the cloth or whatever, for me, it would be like something like that where yeah. I would be like in the kitchen space or in the bathroom <laughs> 
a lot of times it would be the kitchen because like he's sitting in the living room our house is like an open concept you know so if like if I'm at the kitchen I can see him and if he's just sitting on the couch and like I see something that uh, I think like a part of me gets activated because of the hormonal stuff going on and I am like fuming and I'm like I have told you this a million times and like I'll like pick up whatever it is and be like I don't want this here you know like why can't you just put this away and then in that moment I'll pause because he'll look at me (laughs) with this look and I'll be like okay breathe and I will I'll bring awareness now to like what's going on and where am I like in my cycle and a lot of the time it's in for sure like it's in this phase because even my husband like can bring awareness to it and in a nice kind of compassionate way like a not a judging way he can even like let me know before I bring awareness to it <laughs> he might be like hey so just curious you know and in the past that might have come from like a shaming energy or something like that even like from another partner or some you know someone else that's like wow you're really being ridiculous are you starting your period you know and then that could have activate parts within me that snap back right but it's like for people listening who lives with someone with a womb and is going through yeah these phases it's it's maybe just even just inviting that person to bring awareness to it with a compassionate energy not from a judging or a shaming but maybe just like hey just curious you know where are you what phase are you in and your cycle. <laughs> and even that, you know, just kind of gentle encouragement of awareness can help someone start to realize, yeah, where are they? Like, where are they in this cycle? So yeah, that's a story of how I can relate to how I experience this phase of luteal. And again, when I bring awareness to it, not judging, not shaming it, but Again, just having that understanding of like, oh, yeah, this is what's happening in my body right now. And I can invite in more pauses, more breaths, and just compassion for what's getting stirred up. And it's just happening in that way. Yep. Yes. The people in your life will also show you what phase you're in. (laughs) (laughs) It's those reactions. It's a lot of times the reactions that you have to things. Um, will show me, oh, wow, I'm definitely in luteal right now. I don't care about that. But today, that really doesn't sit well with me. Um, And so it's so great to, yeah, if you can get your partner on board or the people you live with. Um, I even talk to my friends like this, like my girlfriends, like they'll invite me to do something. I'm like, yeah, hi. Yeah, I'm in luteal. Like, (laughs) I love you, but just text me in next week. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, and it's a great, it's just a great way to, to communicate and, and get, and, you know, try to get your community involved with this way of, of, you know, thinking and being, um, because it really just gives everybody a little more love and compassion. Absolutely. So what else in regards to luteal, anything else? We talked about how it's a yin, it's like a fall season within can last 10 to 14 days. The Mm -hmm. wild woman. Yeah. So the wild woman needs to be mindful that her energy is going to decline. So because those um, hormones uh, dropped, remember, once we start dropping energy declines. So we're going to opt in for yoga, mindful movement, nature walks. So we're back again to the calming like activities, nutrition, no fasting, so don't drink a bunch of coffee and don't eat till three o'clock like this. That's a worst thing you can do. It's really important this period, this phase to not, you have to list, you have to acquire to this one. I would say the most out of all of them, because if you resist the hormones in luteal, the worst the period is going to be in the rest of the month. Oh, interesting. So Magnesium is actually really crucial in this week. Um, So I would say if you could drink calm or some sort of magnesium supplement, um, that's actually why you crave chocolate (laughs) is because Mm. chocolate has magnesium in it. Um, This is a time where you can eat more carbs like sweet potato and squash and um, quinoa. This remember, this is a time where you can eat more calories. 
ashwagandha is a wonderful herb. If it's not too heating for you, this can be really nice on the nervous system, helping in your maybe anxiousness or depression that might come along with this one. Socially, we want to make space in our calendar. <laughs> so resting, taking naps, saying no, um, snuggling, you're going to naturally go more inward. You're going to be more like, actually, I don't want to, I don't want to see anybody right now. <laughs> yeah, now You might already feel that energy of like, uh, I don't want to go to a big party and be around a bunch of people right now. I'm like, you know, super testy and just not my, my, right. not my, uh, another tip that I think is really powerful is be careful with your social media consumption uh, this week because you're going to be more triggered. Uh, so unfollow the triggers even if you need. Um, and just try not to put yourself in places that you don't want to be if possible. <laughs> yeah, that makes um, a lot of sense. Yeah, just be in like calming zones for yourself. Um, and again, a big one here is avoid excess caffeine consumption and also like don't make any big decisions during this time because mm -hmm. your your emotions are very you know they can be sensitive and so I would say wait until next next phase when you're bleeding you have the intuitive downloads <laughs> but in luteal luteal things are a little like yeah it's uncharted waters yeah so. Well, thank you for sharing all of that information. I've been sitting here writing all this down. <laughs> so yeah, there's I, a lot more. I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. There's so much more. And I know that you cover so much more in your trainings and whatnot. And so yeah, thank you for giving me and the listeners kind of a little taste of how we can better understand our phases. Yay. Yeah. Anything else? you want to share about cycle syncing, womb wisdom, your time working at the recovery center? I think we covered most of it. Yeah. I just um, encourage everyone listening to be proactive and, um, you know, take one step. Maybe it's reading a book or getting your app on your phone or, you know, journaling uh, just to find a little more compassion and empathy towards yourself and your, your, way of being in, in the world and the ups and downs that go along with your hormones and just, yeah, taking the first step to, to honor and respect that for yourself. Yeah, definitely. And how can people find you get in contact with you and your services? I'm on the good old IG. You can find me at Jenny Grace Griffith, um, where I post things that I offer. Um, I do lots of live trainings here in San Diego and online work. Yeah. I also have a website. The link is on my Instagram. So if you can just go there. Um, I do have a four month offering. Uh, it's an online program starting October 11th. Um, and we're going to be learning about herbalism, nutrition, uh, womb wisdom, and we'll also be um, diving into addiction recovery. And it doesn't have to be if you, you know, you feel like you're an addict. Um, it can just be about uh, you know, we all have addictions like our phone and things right. like that. So yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a holistic and nutrition and herbalism program incorporating women's health. So that's going to start October 11th. So all right. Perfect. Well, I'll put, uh, the link to your website and your Instagram handle on the show notes and people can go there and have an easy place to just click on your awesome information and a way to get in contact with you if they're interested in working with you. And I highly recommend it, not just because you're my sister and I love you, but because you offer these amazing things. And I I love seeing what you're doing and what you're offering. And I'm just really proud of you. Thanks, sis. Thank you so much for asking me to be on here and yeah, introducing me to IFS and all the things that have been healing me over the years. So I love oh. you a lot. I feel really honored to be here and I can't, can't wait to see what the future brings. Thank you. And I'm, yes. uh, you know, I'm excited. My IFS parts are excited that you're excited about IFS and <laughs> <laughs> that you have found it to be helpful, you know, in, in your healing journey. And it's a really cool way of living life just like all the other things that you have introduced me to like Ayurveda and, and all of that. So thank you for 
sharing your amazing wisdom with all your amazing things because they have been so helpful for me. Yay. Sorry well, thank that. you so much for being on my love. And I, I know for a fact, I'll have you back on to talk about more awesome stuff that you specialize in and are passionate about as well. So until next time, I'll talk to you all and be back with Jenny Griffith in the future. All right. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. Talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye.